from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to examine the current state of development for self-driving trucks in part two of our Road Signs mini-series on autonomous trucking. Once again, we'll be delving into how and where autonomous commercial vehicles could fit into the freight transportation industry and what it will take to make that vision a reality. But before we dive into today's topic, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to Transport Topics to gain exclusive access to our top 100 lists, quarterly magazines, and other trucking industry news. To subscribe, visit ttn.ws forward slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571 6220001 To learn more about autonomous truck development, we're going to hear from Peter von Schmidt, CEO of self-driving truck developer Torque Robotics, in an interview I recorded for TT's Automate virtual event in December. Let's play that conversation now. I'm thrilled to welcome Peter von Schmidt, CEO of Torque Robotics, a developer of autonomous driving technology and an independent subsidiary of Dymo Truck. Thanks for joining us, Peter. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. So the majority of the autonomous driving technology development companies in the trucking space were founded between four and seven years ago. I recently compiled a list for our iTech magazine, and uh, there are more than a dozen companies in this space. And that's generally when most of these companies either were founded or, or really made a push into the, the trucking industry. Uh, but Torque Robotics stands out because it's been working on autonomous vehicle technology since 2005. Uh, so that's a really long timeline for, you know, compared to most of the other companies you know, in AV technology. Uh, how does that experience and perspective inform Torque's approach to development? It's it's super helpful to have this really long track record of, of, of experience. Um, Talk is super proud that they came in number three back then, yeah, and there were these big famous teams of, of Stanford and Carnegie Mellon, uh, were more or less the origin of the entire um, autonomous uh, industry. Talk decided they were a little bit the underdogs of Virginia Tech and go this different path of the early adopters, mining, military, and things like that, and building out a profitable business year over year over year out of this technology. And you know, there's one thing to build a great tech. But it's even more difficult to build a great business, yeah, based on a great product, based on a great tech. And Talk just has this experience of doing it. Um, also with very large vehicles, you know, trucks are large, but mine trucks are large, military vehicles are large. Um, there is also a lot of carryover um, for, from this expertise that helped a lot on the new mission. And then Talk was one of the first to to really see the tectonic shift uh, for from robot taxi to robot trucking. Uh, which which has recently taken place in the space, and they were right, yeah. And Daimler saw it in parallel, and then they formed the first OEM um, AV partnership, which is out there. I think that, that that experience really helps a lot, and from there, then talk to off and, and has grown significantly. Yeah, and uh, you know, to your point, it's amazing how much has come from those, you know, early you know DARPA challenges, uh, you know, and. Uh, well, in a lot of cases, university students, you know, developing this technology for, for you know, the DARPA Urban Challenge, for example. And, and now we see that those ideas have blossomed and become uh, really a, a, you know, a piece, an emerging piece of the transportation industry. Uh, you know, fast forward to where we are today. You know, Torque is working with an advisory board that includes a number of, uh, you know, some of the biggest players in the trucking industry. 
Uh, you know, one of those companies, one of those advisors is Schneider, which just announced a pilot program with Torque uh, just a few months ago. Uh, so could you give us an update on Torque's on-road testing and validation efforts, including that pilot with Schneider? Oh, yeah, more, more than welcome. You know, b- b- before we hit roads, there's a lot of things uh, until new software really hits the road, be it a lot of uh, checks that are done, uh, closed course testing, simulation, very small setups, and, and then finally we are, we, are, we are on public roads, and the latest status is really driving uh, customer pilots. Uh, we are still doing the majority of, of public road testing, by the way, hauling concrete blocks. Yeah? Sounds weird, but for a development process, it's also not that bad that you don't have any disruptions. Yeah? If something goes wrong, you can immediately um, analyze what happened, and your you know, the load does not necessarily arrive on a fixed time at a fixed point. But um, as I said, it's important that we do not only develop a cool tech, but a great business. And, and that's why we learn so much uh, do, doing customer pilots. Um, you know, concrete blocks always behave the same. Yeah? Um, if you haul customer freight, sometimes the trailer is empty, sometimes it's full, partially loaded, high, low, center of gravity, things like that. Um, you need to arrive on time. You drive, uh, you're driving much bigger stretches. So we're driving 1,000 miles. It was also pretty cool to see, is our technology scalable? Can we map 1,000 miles more or less like this and, and keep the maps updated? That was the first proof also for scalability. And then on the other hand side, of course, also it's super interesting yeah, to really make this a joint journey with customers so that they also learn what, what does it mean for us, for our operations, for our maintenance, yeah? What are the capabilities of the technology? Where do I need to prepare myself for? Because, you know, there's driver shortage, but there's also technician shortage. <laughs> and uh, there are a lot of things uh, that are super important to really create a cool product that a customer really can use and really likes and improves their business. Because that's the ultimate goal, make our customers better in their daily job. I was fortunate enough earlier this year to, to see uh, Torx technology in person. Uh, so I you know, was able to visit uh, your uh, operations facility in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, did a ride along. Um, and it was uh, you know fascinating to see uh, how you were working on this technology, not just you know open stretches of highway, you know not another vehicle to be seen for miles upon miles, uh, but this was uh, rush hour in Albuquerque, and you know there were aggressive drivers. There were you know cut-ins, you know stuff that truck drivers deal with every day out on the road. Uh, but you know not easy driving conditions. Uh, but these are the types of situations uh, as a developer you need to work on and, and plan for. Uh, you know, including you know sharing the road with frankly bad drivers and passenger cars. Um, you know, and, and I will say that uh, my experience in, in Albuquerque traffic, you know, many of those drivers would fit right in in the D.C. area where I live, uh, you know, sort of rankings of, of bad drivers. Uh, so maybe just uh, talk to how uh, you, you know, speak to how you work on developing technology, you know, a virtual driver that sometimes has to share the road with bad human drivers. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, first of all, for for coming coming out back then and and, and experienced the, the technology, and uh, I I was just in in Albuquerque two weeks ago, and again a ton of progress. We now have the next generation of trucks out there, um, which also improve improved hardware, um, and sensors to perceived environment. Yeah, the trucks uh, drive great, and um, in the end, you need to train them in 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 difficult terror. Yeah, it, it's. Don't get me wrong, but it's it might be much easier to run in the desert, two-lane stretch, yeah, uh, almost no traffic, daylight. But especially in the end, uh, a truck must be uh, 
capable to to do things that you just described because they are reality on our streets yeah and there are even more crazy things happening so um the more miles we co- co- accumulate um there are a lot of things happen out there uh, which we're accumulating by the way by driving it there to see how our truck behaves but we also can use the entire level two fleet that we have the video captures a bit, uh, to 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 analyze all near misses all all even accidents it sounds bad but, but um all of this we can use uh, to feed our simulation and scenario databases one of the biggest things to especially um yeah do the uh, the really rare things and and, and see how 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 our perform our system is performing there and then the real world driving as you mentioned yeah and there but but real world driving in challenging areas and uh, we, we just love Albuquerque because you have everything, things that you described. But on top, it's on very short um, distance. You have this dense urban traffic of Albuquerque driving up north uh, to Santa Fe, uh, taking uh, taking a new interstate, uh, switching to I-40, climbing up the canyon, and then there's nothing. And uh, this is so cool. Within an hour of driving, you have more or less all things um, that a developer could dream of with some challenging driving behaviors and all seasons i was there we i had snow believe it or not yeah it's desert and i had snow and it uh, and, and uh, a week before it was raining you also have all seasons in there strong winds um so it's a perfect moving ground and we are uh, we are so lucky that uh, that we get a lot of support from the region uh from the mayor in albuquerque they are really welcoming and they're also a little bit proud that uh, technology is developed in their city. Yeah, and it certainly did strike me as a really good proving ground uh, for the technology as well. Um, and I will say that I personally was surprised at how cold it was in Albuquerque in the morning. Um, you know, being you know, growing up in the Midwest and also now living on the East Coast, you know, oh, desert in, in New Mexico expected to be hot, but uh, you know, a lot of variation in temperatures. And, and yes, you do get uh, you know all kinds of weather. Uh, but, you, you talked about, um, you know, some of the unique challenges and rare situations that an autonomous vehicle could potentially encounter on the road. And I think that's one of the biggest you know, technical challenges for autonomous truck development is planning for all those edge cases, you know, the very rare or unexpected scenarios that, you know, might be one in a million or even, you know, uh, more rare than that. Uh, so maybe just speak to how Torque is tackling that challenge of preparing its self-driving system to respond appropriately when it encounters an unusual situation for the first time uh, that, you know, again, is very rare, but could happen. And maybe I'll just pick three examples. It's a really good question. And I think I, I could talk uh, way too long on this and, and, and my CTO even longer. But um, th- th- there's one aspect, um, for example, if you want to test physically, um, that's closed course testing. Here, here in Blacksburg, I'm currently in Blacksburg. We, we have a test drive from uh, or a test track, uh, 500 meter or, or half a mile from, from our office. Not, not, not even, that, that's just perfect. It uh, belongs to VTDI. And the teams were just experimenting. Hey, what about spontaneous changes in the construction side? Yeah? You can set it up, stage it, change it. It's safe. Yeah? It's, it's, it's closed course. And, and can play play around and really provoke critical situations that you don't want to do on public roads, obviously. Yeah, so that that's one thing. How um, and I think also really nice having, having this proving crowd really right uh, around around the corner. A lot of things uh, of those edge cases is then really done done as a um, yeah in in simulation. That there's one aspect. So um, engineers think about what could happen, for example, during a lane change. Yeah? 
cut-ins and, and things like that, people swerving into your lane and, and, and all kinds of things you could think of because you experience them in your daily life. And in simulation, you can then put them all to extreme yeah, because you, you, you could cut-ins with, I don't know, an inch distance in between, which hopefully you don't see in real life, uh, but you can really stress out your system and see how long can it still handle it and when does it fail. And then you can also talk to lawyers, for example, and say, hey, is that, uh, is that good? And if you're driving to our experienced uh, safety drivers, like, yeah, that, that's how a drug should, uh, should behave. That, that's really like the best drivers out there do it, handle it. That, that's another aspect. And then um, I was touching upon this a little bit, um, using our level two fleet, video captures and things like that, just um, because the testing fleet of, level, of, of autonomous trucks, autonomous ready trucks, it, it's, it's tiny. But there are hundreds of thousand trucks out and um, of freightliner trucks out and, and using the video capture and, and just capturing critical themes that really helps to full, we call it a scenario database that we fill up this edge cases, edge cases. And there will be a point of time, and we are coming closer to this, where it plateaus. But even the things that uh, happens one time in a million miles, uh, we have seen all of them, yeah. And uh, that, I think once over, let's say, a full year, we plateaued and don't see anything new with the 10,000, 100,000 of trucks out there. Then, then I think we, we have a good feeling that our scenario database is complete. Are you using Apple Podcasts to listen to Road Signs? Here's how you can get the most out of your experience. First, subscribe to Road Signs Podcast channel and make sure the Apple Podcast app is downloaded on your mobile device. Second, pick the episode you'd like to listen to. Third, to find more out about the episode, scroll down on the player page to see the guest details, the mission of the episode, and links to more audio offerings. You're sure to enjoy it. If you're still having difficulties tuning in, email us at share at ttnews.com for more help. Happy listening. It's hard to plan for, you know, an, an earthquake happening and, and shaking up the, the road in front of the truck or something, you know, so unusual. But, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. In that uh, situation, one of our trucks got struck by lightning. I mean... <laughs> How probable yeah. is that? Yeah, no, no one planned for it. Yeah, and and things like that, and that's why you also just on the one side need to drive, and then tap into into the huge database. But there's more crazy things that your engineers think of in, in, the, in the first minute. Yeah, yeah and I, I do want to go back to uh, one of the points you you raised earlier, um, and that's this uh, you know integration work with autonomous truck developers, autonomous driving system developers with the vehicle platform. Uh, so in recent years, so, you know, we have seen you know several autonomous driving uh, development companies form partnerships with truck manufacturers. You know, case in point, of course, is uh, Daimler Truck and Torque Robotics. You know, the goal, of course, being to uh, install the technology at the factory level rather than as an aftermarket system, and also design the vehicle to have the redundancy it needs uh, to support. Uh, level four, you know, unmanned operation. You know, if you take a driver out, you need to have extra components, extra fail safes, because you can no longer rely on a driver to uh, back the system. Uh, so Torque is somewhat unique in that it's an independent subsidiary of Daimler Truck. You know, right? Daimler acquired a, a controlling stake in the company in uh, 2019. Uh, but there are other examples, as I mentioned, of you know these AV OEM alliances across the industry. And I think you have a great 
perspective on this, Peter, you know, of course, uh, before you stepped in to lead Torque, you were the head of uh, Daimler Trucks uh, Autonomy Technology Group. Um, and, uh, you know, we've already seen, uh, in your case, you know, a, you know, the work of, of Torque and Daimler together on a level four ready Freightliner Cascadia, you know, again, with redundant steering, uh, braking, other critical systems, uh, that ensures safety, you know, when there's not a driver behind the, the steering wheel. So just tell us more about that collaboration work and why is it so important to have a truck platform that's truly designed for fully autonomous operation, you know, rather than installing the sensors and software, you know, on more of an aftermarket basis? Oh, that's an excellent question. I, I'm, I do also now a little bit marketing session for my old company, Freightliner here, yeah. but um, the, um, the, we call it Autonomous Ready Cascadia. That's really the foundation and, and define it, let's say, as um, a little bit a strip, strip down chassis. No sensors, no computes yet, but just the redundancy that you need in braking, steering and things like that. I think what Freightliner did is um, I'm absolutely convinced that's the absolute benchmark in, in how such a system should be designed because it was designed from ground up, not just, hey, what's there on the market? Let's retrofit it in. It seems to be redundant. Um, it was uh, a lot of thought put in, 1,500 new requirements to make everything redundant by wire so that you can send signals and receive signals and can actuate on them. Um, but also cybersecurity, have enough electricity and cooling. And then really thinking through things. As you said, um, a lot of things a driver does today, if something goes wrong, has muscles uh, to turn the wheel or to pump the brake, but it also has ears or, or noses to smoke as there are fire vibrations and things. All of this, uh, in the end, you need to address. But even more so importantly, um, and I think here went a lot of um, thinking in, you know, some people think I just bring it to a safe stop. But what does that mean? I mean, there is not always a shoulder. Or you are in a tunnel, you are, you're in a bridge, you're on a railway crossing. It's not safe to bring the truck to a stop now. Uh, so it's designed in the truck should at least drive 10 minutes to, to arrive at a really safe harbor, more or less whatever happens to the truck. And then uh, build in a factor of two so that it can survive 20 minutes of driving, even worst case, yeah, so that you also have the edge cases off. There is no safe harbor covered. And then for at least an hour or even more, still send signals to the outside world. I'm here. I have a problem. Please rescue me. <laughs> I think we're, yeah, I mean, that's important. That's important. And then all of this is paid in, uh, developed into the base platform of the autonomous ready Cascadia. I think it really sets a super cool standard. Yeah, we had a discussion, is it over-engineered or not? But I, I don't think that you can over-engineer safety in such a critical application. Um, I think that's the standard that you should meet. Um, proud, proud of this as you're still here because I, I was part of this. and uh, But also proud now because I want um, the talk virtual driver on the safest platform you could dream of, which is the autonomous ready Cascadia. Safety is always, since day one, saving lives, safety, um, that, that's talk's mission. But, but then the, the other thing, and, and oh, sorry, I'm really lengthy here, uh, then now, now come the sensors and computes and things like that. I'm a strong believer that um, you could now take a chassis like this and have a bolt-on retrofit system that someone puts on. I think this is really unique, and it's not existing in the industry. And no Silicon Valley company has access to this. It's really this fully integrated approach yeah, that you design everything, um, optimal integrated, optimal aerodynamics, reliability, uh, built-in 
in the Freightliner plants down the road. Um, this really, um, this develops, um, uh, this assures that in the end you have scalability, you have quality, you have good pricing, and it, it's just a superb product which is in the making. And that, that, that's really a unique thing uh, that, that, uh, that Torque has upon the access uh, to, to this uh, really great uh, foundation. Yeah, and uh, it was also able to see, you know, kind of a, a, an early version of that, uh, you know, uh, autonomous ready, you know, Cascadia, um, you know, in Albuquerque. And it's also been you know, trade shows uh, recently as well. So, uh, you know, this isn't just something we're talking about. It's also something that's been developed and uh, is increasingly ready for that point when, you know, the technology is ready for commercialization. Uh, I do want to uh, bring up the topic of what this technology does and doesn't mean for professional truck drivers, you know, in the years and decades ahead, I think whenever we talk about, you know, autonomous trucking, that's an important part of the conversation. Uh, so you know, Peter, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, how do you envision autonomous trucks and human labor working together in the future? And do you see an opportunity for automation to, you know, not just, you know, address, you know, the driver recruiting and, and high turnover rate problems that so many trucking companies see, but also, you know, to improve the jobs of truck drivers uh, in the future. Um, definitely, and I, I think we also have now a little bit more realism of what the technology can do and can't do. And I think a lot of the fears, it's it's clear this technology won't come overnight and replace all driving that you could do in theory. It will gradually sneak in, heavily supported by humans, and. I think Daimler put out a number of Daimler trucks that best case, um, you can assume something like 6% in the year 2030 could be done by this autonomous hub to hub, something like this. But from now until 2030, I think we have a 30% growth in, in, in freight uh, protected. So the key message is, um, I think autonomy can augment the driver shortage topic, but it's only one or help to, to, to ease it a little bit, but it's only one means. It's definitely not sufficient in itself. The second thing is uh, it could make, um, why is the driver shortage? Um, I think the younger generation of drivers doesn't have so much dream anymore, whatever, three three weeks uh, through the country, see it all. You can do it on Twitter and Google and you name it, YouTube. <laughs> so uh, they, they prefer to stay a little bit more local or, or, to, the or to the home. There's still enough long haulage driving left, by the way, yeah, as I said, 6%. Um, but I think that could uh, could enable um, really to, to make some of the jobs more regional, attract more people. And I think also if you do first and last mile, usually you know you know the warehouse, you know the people at the dock, and usually you get a quicker handling, and they might even be a little bit more friendly. So I think there are a lot of things that could make the life um, the, the life better. Um, so. And, and the mission control and in the hub, so also a lot of new jobs um, are created, which are not only highly skilled, you have a PhD in computer science jobs um, to, to do the coding. There's a lot of, uh, I think, super interesting new jobs created in mission control for technicians to handle super cool technology like radars, cameras, computes. I think it's it's creating also a lot of ton of new opportunities for all kinds of people and all kinds of educations behind. Transport topics in one word, authoritative. Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We ask transport topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. 
Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. So I think that uh, it's clear that, you know, we're you know, hopefully have reached an understanding as an industry that we're not automating jobs away. This is uh, something that can complement the workforce and jobs may change, may you know, evolve over time. But, uh, you know, it's you know, automation will be well suited for certain uh, routes and applications and not for others, uh, I think, is a helpful uh, perspective to have as we as we think about the future, uh, at least the, the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, and to your point, at least initially, Torque is focusing its development efforts on automating, you know, those hub-to-hub highway driving routes uh, that you talked about earlier. Uh, why do you see that as the best initial use case for autonomous trucking? Um, I think that's a perfect blend out of what the technology can handle safe soon. And um, where do we have a business? <laughs> because, you know, I think that that the graveyards out there are full of startups who develop the cool tech, but forget what you really need to develop is a cool product and a cool business that the customer really, really needs. And uh, I, I think that, that that's why we think that, that the hub-to-hub trucking could be a nice and a really nice entry point where the first and last mile is done by humans. This hub sits super close to the interstates. Uh, so from there, it's just a half mile, super easy driving. And and this might be super protected, yeah. We we only with traffic lights, maybe even a chase car. It doesn't really matter because it's just half a mile, and then you have the long long distance autonomous driving behind. Um, the next thing you could also think about first and last mile much bigger than today. I mean, it could be by the way electric, so that the overall um, run from A to B is uh, has a better CO two footprint. First and last mile, more or less minus hundred percent. The middle mile, an autonomous truck will roughly run ten percent better, uh, like a human truck, because you can speed down. You don't need to rest uh, to eat and uh, or to sleep and things like that. All of these are small savings uh, that, that help. Um, but the last and first mile, it does not need to be a mile. It could be also four hours of driving or or more. So uh, and, and and that I think um, gives you the opportunity that you're not only limited to this distribution center has 20 trucks per day leaving, but you can feed much more through this. And I think it's a nice entry point. And from there, technology will, will evolve gradually it will be able to handle more weather conditions, more complicated hubs. The hubs could be smaller and things like that. But it's important just to have a starting point, which is meaningful. No, that's, that's helpful. And, you know, uh, I don't want to ask you to, to provide, you know, a hard date because I know that that's very difficult. Um, and it's uh, probably a, a, you know, an, an impossibility. It's more of a, a guess or a projection. But um, instead of asking you, you know, exactly when this technology will be market ready, uh, could you just describe the pathway to commercialization and when will you know it's ready? Uh, what will it take to get there and when will you see that and know that it's time to, you know, it's, it's market ready? I mean, just to give some indications and uh, on the one side, there was this number put out in the, in the year 2030, it could be 6%, so it needs to start earlier. Um, and uh, the second thing is uh, you, saw, you saw the chassis or the, the, the autonomous ready cascadia. This is not super prototypish anymore, though this looks like real product development. So I think uh, we are in this phase where we left the research advanced engineering phase and are really preparing to truly develop a product and launch it. 
Yeah. And then launch it in super small scale, super small, confined, uh, really protected, whatever, and then grow it from there to hopefully 6% in 2030 or something like this as an industry. Um, yeah. T to get there, um, th there's a ton of homework to be done. <laughs> the bar, more or less, uh, and that's where we measure on the one side. I was talking about this uh, scenario databases. So can we in can we in 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 the virtual world 100% represent what's happening out there and prove in the virtual world that our that our software is um is safe um safe what does it mean um, in, in the end that uh, um, we uh, we want to orient ourselves on a so-called exemplary driver it's super hard to say a system is as good as a human five times or 10 times better or worse and i think all those numbers are meaningless what do we mean with an exemplary driver? That's a that's like the best truck driver on its best day. So never distracted, never texting, never hire, uh, never tired, never uh, close to the hours of service and, and needs to drive a little bit faster and things like that. Just things that happen and um, I admit they happen to me. Yep. Um, I have a CDL. Uh, it's, it's just natural over 11 hours. Um, you do not have always your best hour. Yeah, they're, they're also, and that's, I think, um, uh, defining this, this is more or less the bar where the autonomy needs to be at par. And then I think there are a lot of indirect um, benefits yeah, because it's not texting, not overspeeding. It, in the end, it will be even safer, but it's hard to quantify how it's two times better, 10 times better. And we say this is a meaningless discussion. It's just this bar we need to meet. When we meet it, it's safe to launch. Very good. And then uh, before I let you go, Peter, I think it would be good to end on a maybe a big picture question, because uh, I mean, I think back to, you know, when the industry really started this conversation about, um, you know, the potential for self-driving trucks, you know, that really gained a lot of momentum in the middle of the past decade. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Daimler truck played a very big role in sparking that conversation with the, the Freightliner Inspiration truck in, in 2015. Uh, so I think it's interesting to to think about that time, you know, now about seven years ago, uh, you know, from your perspective, you know, how has the technology evolved and how has the conversation evolved, you know, in the industry over the past seven years ago about autonomous trucking? Um, it's an interesting one. I, I still remember when Daimler Truck put out autonomous trucks will be a reality by end of the decade. Three, four years ago, people were ma ma making fun of them back then on me. How dinosaurs they did they? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think it's it was a pretty realistic um, assessment when when technology could be ready. And it's not only the software; it's also sensors that see far enough. Yeah, because um, in, uh, driving a truck on an interstate, you need to see a lot to the front and even more to the back to do safe lane changes and mergers. Um, so I think. Um, there were some too optimistic um, scenarios out there, but but big picture, I think, um, yeah, th this time frame that was put out is realistic. And uh, what still holds true is really the excitement about opportunity. I mean, to, to just think about autonomy um, as a reality. Goods will arrive safer, faster, at lower cost. It's just good for everyone out there. Yeah, it's 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 uh, in the end, uh, it's 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 good for fleets because they can make their business better. But it's also good uh, for the end customers because in the end, whatever the milk in your grocery store gets cheaper and things like that, or the food is fresher. Um, even think about how you could um, 
reshape anti-logistics networks um, with, um, with trucks that do not have hours of service limitations. Um, goods could arrive faster. Some traffic is at night, not during day, because you no know, drivers want to sleep and autonomous driver doesn't care about. I mean, there's so many things. And I think all of this still holds true um, because there is a business need. And in the end, like I said in the beginning, great technology is one thing. But what I really would like to see is also a great business opportunity. It was there from day one. That's why Daimler Trucks bought in, why Torque bought in, many others. And it's still true. Yeah, Some challenges on the technology side and um, especially also on the robotaxi side. But the, the, the key driver is why autonomous trucking makes sense and is attractive. It's still there. Nothing changed. Well, I think we have uh, some very fascinating years ahead of ahead of us for um, you know technology in the trucking industry. You know, we're just you know at the cusp of this, and uh, it'll be very fun to watch. It was great to get a little bit of a preview in, in Albuquerque earlier this year. Thanks for hosting me, and uh, you know, really appreciate you joining this conversation and and sharing your insights with us. You know, thanks again for joining us, Peter. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak to you and your uh, and and your audience. Uh, it was really fun, and I would love to welcome you in Albuquerque again next year. All right, great. I'll I'll, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Peter. Thank you. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics in just one minute? You will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. How and where could autonomous trucks fit into the freight transportation industry? And what will it take to make that vision a reality? As we've heard during this episode, autonomous truck developers continue to make progress toward commercialization by partnering with truck makers, fleet operators, and other industry stakeholders. That work is laying the foundation for commercial deployment at scale in the years ahead, particularly in applications such as hub-to-hub routes that are well-suited to automation. And looking ahead to trucking's future, it's becoming easier to see how those types of deployments could potentially support the trucking industry's workforce by gradually shifting some driver jobs toward regional and local routes that provide more home time than long-haul jobs. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team at share at ttnews.com. Also, let us know how we did by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. And of course, Road Signs will be back soon with part three of our mini-series on autonomous trucking. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.